helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Certified Christian Counselor and Director of Ottawa's Elam Counseling Services. Hi, I'm Michael Hart, Director of Elam Counseling Services, and I want to thank you for listening to this uh, first edition of the of 2015 of Life Transformation Radio Show. Uh, if you're not familiar with us, we're a Christian counseling radio show where chains are broken and lives are transformed. We approach relevant topics from a Christian perspective, and today uh, we will be talking about a very appropriate subject for this time of the year, namely New Year's resolution. So stay tuned to hear more about that topic. But for those of your new listeners, I would just like to give out some contact information. If you're not familiar with us, you can find out more about us at elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M as in man, counseling with two L's, ministry. Dot com And uh, we can be contacted by phone at 613-699-1677. And uh, we provide professional counseling. Uh, our counselors are all certified and members of the Canadian Counseling and Psychotherapy Association. And we uh, provide counseling at rates that try to make it affordable to all of those in need. So again, thank you very much for joining us in this edition of Life Transformation Radio Broadcast. And with me in studio today is Melissa Wagaton. Happy New Year, Michael. It's Thanks. good to be back. And, and the same to you. So how is it going with your New Year's resolution? Uh, you know what I did? I did a cop-out actually, Michael, and I didn't set one. So I thought my... I wanted to have a good high chance of success. Mm-hmm. So to do that, I basically didn't set one at all. So I really hope through today's discussions, <laughs> maybe you can give me some tips so I can actually get the gumption to set one and have it succeed through this year. I don't know if you're talking to the right person because my <laughs> resolution was not to set the resolution and I've already set five and I have failed at three of them. So Okay, <laughs> so we have, we have both a lot to learn, I think, from today's show. And as we're joking, um, it is the time of year where a lot of people set goals for the year, whatever you want to call it, whether it's a goal or a project plan Mm -hmm. or a resolution. What are some common goals that uh, people set this time of year? Well, common goals are, uh, no surprise, uh, one of the big ones, the top 10, big one on the top 10 is uh, to lose weight and and get fit. That's a very common goal. And uh, next is to, 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 to quit smoking, very common goal as well. High on the list also is to learn something new, uh, you know, health goals such as eating healthier and to diet, uh, to get out of debt. It, it, it's a big uh, uh, goal as well for this time of the year. No surprise because after running up all of those debt at Christmas. Yes, the first bill comes in <laughs> from your credit card. The first bill comes in and you go, oh, I have to set a goal. I want to get out of debt to, to, you know, to pay for all of those expensive toys that I got myself or bought others for Christmas. So, so those are some of the very common goals. Mm-hmm. And so with everyone out there now, this time of year, making all these goals, mm-hmm. um, what is out there statistics-wise to say how successful people tend to be in these New Year's resolutions? Well, one study that was done in 2007 by uh, by psychologist Richard Wiseman found that 88% of the 5,000 people he tracked quickly failed in their in their resolution. 
Uh, another study conducted by the University of of Scranton and published uh, in 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 a reputable journal says that eight percent only eight percent of people were successful in achieving their resolution, with twenty five percent of people failing within the first week. So this is not very <laughs> encouraging, Michael. I'm going to stick with my non resolution. I think with that. Actually, it gets better. That, that's a negative side. But also, there, there is, there is uh, research that has been published in the Journal of Clinical Psychology, which reports that uh, people who set explicit New Year's resolution is 10 times more likely to succeed than those who don't. So, so, <laughs> so that is good. That is good. And I think in today's show, one of our things we will be going through some strategies people can do so they can be that, that mm-hmm. successful person who makes those New Year's resolutions. Mm-hmm. So with such a high rate for many people of failure in this, what are some common mistakes that are, people are making in these New Year's resolutions? How can we save our treadmill from becoming the most expensive clothes rack and <laughs> versus us actually getting to use it and to take that weight off? Well, I, I think for one thing, uh, goals are set a lot of times in, in an emotional state. Like it's that time of the year where, you know, people are thinking about change. It's the end of the year. It's the beginning of a new year. And people are thinking about change because the new year uh, symbolizes a time, a, a different time, a time of change. So a lot of time they, the goals are not uh, thought through carefully. They are just set, they're more like wishful thinking. I would like to become healthier. But the, the, the goals are, 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 are just, uh, as I said before, wishful thinking. But they're, 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 another common mistake also is that the goals are not specific enough. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want to lose weight, but what does that entail? So people make those mistakes and, and people also to make very lofty goals. Uh, they haven't uh, exercised for 15 years, <laughs> but they are going to run a 10K marathon by the end of March, for example. So sometimes these goals are designed to fail because people are in this mindset, they're, 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 they're uh, well motivated at that time of the year, they are embarking on a new year, and there's a lot of emotions involved. So the goals are set in an emotional state, uh, but not well thought out, not specific enough, and uh, it's just more like wishful thinking. Mm. Are there psychological barriers that also come into play for people to achieve uh, their New Year's resolutions? Well, with some of the goals that we have mentioned before, like people who set goals, for example, of wanting to lose weight, mm-hmm. uh, these people have probably set the same goals for five, six years, or sometimes even more. It's a, it's a yearly goal of wanting to lose weight or of getting out of debt. So when you have constantly failed at a task, psychologist tells us that you develop what is known as learned helplessness. So even though you might be saying to yourself, I want to set this goal of losing weight, you're in this state psychologically where you don't really believe it. Mm 
Mm. You're, you're kind of just kidding yourself. You're just saying it because it's the thing to be said at that time of the year. So people develop this, 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 uh, this state, the psychological state that, that's called learned helplessness. And I think we see uh, an example of that in Scripture when we think about the, the man by the pool of Bethesda where he, the Bible said that he was going there many years and he was not healed. He was going there year after year. And as the story goes, the first person that would go into the pool would be healed. And this crippled man was lying by the pool year after year and couldn't be the first one to go in. So when Jesus came to him and Jesus Jesus asked him a very surprising question, Jesus said, said do you want to be made whole. So it's as if Jesus was looking into his subconscious, into in, in, into, in, into his psychological state, and he's saying, you are here. You have the pretense of wanting to be healed, but do you want to be made whole? And I think uh, when it comes to goals, we have to really examine ourselves, uh, really think carefully. Are we really... Do we really believe in these goals that we are setting or are we just saying it because it's a thing to be said at that time of the year? And then there are other psychological uh, principles that takes over at that time of the year. Uh, one such uh, uh, other principle is called presentism bias, where people uh, think people are influenced by their present affective state. And because of this, it influences what they think they will be able to do in the future. So I kind of alluded to that earlier when I talk about people are in this very positive state. They're happy, they're upbeat, they're, you know, with relatives and, you know, they're mm-hmm. having a good time. They're drinking mm-hmm. and they're happy. Yeah. You know, and the relatives and, have just left, so maybe they're yeah, extra they're happy. they're extra happy because... <laughs> the house is yes, empty now, finally. The house is empty. They're at the New Year's Eve ball and they're drinking and, you know, as they're pouring in that glass of wine, they're, you know, having a cheers to, start, to quit in drinking in in the Mm -hmm. new year, you know, while you're drinking. So people tend to be influenced by their present affective state, which is called presentism bias. But then we also have another psychological state where we we develop what is known as false hope syndrome, Mm. where people are not aware, but they're actually setting goals that are out of line with their internal dialogue on how they really perceive and feel about themselves internally. So a person who is saying, I want to lose weight or, or, or I want to have this job, I want to get that, that promotion, it is possible that they're, they're saying it, but the false hope syndrome is really there where internally the dialogue that goes on doesn't really match with that goal that they're stating. Mm. So inside, would they be saying things like, I'll never be able to do this, or I'm not good enough for that. If, if it's a job, for example, I can't apply because I'm not qualified or I can't do it, though they're saying I want a job. Is that sort of that internal Absolutely. dialogue? Absolutely. I can't see myself in that position as supervisor or, you know, I, I, I you know, what if I lose weight. I, I can't see myself as being a slim person. Mm-hmm. You know, it just doesn't fit with how, with, with how I see myself. What mm-hmm. what kind of uh what what kind of, of social price is that going to cause if, if I am to achieve that goal 
of losing weight what does it mean what does what does it mean to how i see myself mm. so does it really fit with my psychological uh psychological template that i have of myself so a lot of time these factors are at play and if they're not acknowledged and talked through then people can be in the process or in the you know in, in go through the process of trying to to make goals but not really believing it or not really in a psychological state to achieve those goals. Mm. So despite the fact, as we discussed a little bit earlier, Mm -hmm. um, many people don't succeed in the New Year's resolutions that they set for themselves. Mm -hmm. Do you really feel, though, that in spite of this, it's still a really great time of year for people to make positive change in their life and to maybe set some of these goals. Can you talk about that a little bit more? Absolutely. I think when when it comes to significant times of the year, uh, such as birthdays or New Year's Day, uh, those times carry a psychological power with them. And so a lot of people, the 10% of people that achieve those goals, achieve their goals, when you talk about statistics that show that there are 10% to achieve their goals, are able to use the power that comes with that time of the year to motivate themselves to, towards achieving their goals. And we see examples of this in scriptures. If we, if we think about the Old Testament use of rituals on specific days, such as the, 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 the ritual of the Day of Atonement, where there would be this ritual of the, the scapegoat that would be led off into the wilderness with the sins of the people on that one specific day of the year. Now, God doesn't need a scapegoat to forgive us for, to forgive the people of their sins and God didn't need a specific time of the year to do that but God understands the psyche of people he understands how our minds work and so he know that if there would, if there is this one day that people could feel as if they were making a brand new a, a new start that it would somehow motivate them to achieve their spiritual goals. So God instituted this ritual on the Day of Atonement where this, the, the, the scapegoat Azazel was led off into the wilderness and the sins of the people were pronounced on the, the, the head of, of this goat. So that's a very, very symbolic and powerful uh, tool that was used in the Old Testament to help people to appropriate forgiveness to themselves. So um, taking New Year's as that new objective start line for many people, what tips would you give to someone who's wanting to succeed in their New Year's resolution um, in terms of what types of goals to set, how to keep them, uh, these goals actually in your mind so that you can be successful? So hopefully... Jan 1, 2016, our listeners can look back and say, I did it. What yes. tips would you give them? Well, I think, uh, first of all, I think uh, uh, goals need to, I, I've alluded to this before, but goals need to be be specific. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're setting a goal, instead of saying, my goal is to lose weight, zero in a little bit more on that goal. What percentage of your weight is it that you want to to lose? Is it 50 pounds? Is it 100 pounds? Is it 200 pounds? Whatever it is, be specific. Once that is done, I think the next thing that can be done is to break down those that goal 
into into smaller periods because it, it, it it's too much of a, 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 a hard thing for the mind to conceptualize if you have I want to lose a hundred pounds by December thirty first of, of twenty fifteen. It, it's just too vague. But if you are to say I'm going to break this this goal down into monthly targets. Mm-hmm. Then it becomes more manageable. It becomes it becomes more measurable, and the mind is more able is more able to deal with that. You see, the problem that we have when it, when it comes to the mind and goal setting is that there are two parts of the brain that are competing with each other. There is the prefrontal cortex in in which, uh, when we set goals, that part of the brain is activated. But then there is this part of the brain that stores habit called the basal ganglia, where uh, goal uh, habits are are. Are, are, are stored. So that, that part of the brain operates on autopilot. Mm-hmm. So if, you are, if you're in, in a lifestyle to gain weight, that, that causes you to gain weight, then that part of your brain is going to be the one that is, is going to dictate how you function. So you have to make make plans as to how you're going to you're going to engage the prefrontal cortex on a daily basis so that your goals can can be achieved so this will mean things like writing down your goals this will also mean things like having having your goals at a place where you can see it Mm. Stick it on the on on the mirror that the first thing that you see in the morning is this is what I plan to do today to to lose weight. So when you have these reminders that are in front of you, then what this is doing is that it it, it it's engaging over and over again the the prefrontal cortex until the 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 the, the things that you're trying to do becomes a habit and becomes mm-hmm. part and is now stored in the basal ganglia of, of your brain. Your new autopilot your is Your new set. autopilot co- takes over. So now you it, it, you will be doing the thing. So so to help with that, there are other things that uh, people can do to help to achieve goals. And one such thing is to is to engage others around you. Mm-hmm. Is that that sort of accountability piece? You tell a friend Absolutely. and when I'm not at the gym... Call me or whatever it, the case may be. Absolutely. So, so telling friends and, and letting family members know uh, of of what it is that you're trying to achieve, and 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 having people keep track. You know, email people regularly to let them know where you are with your goals and and so forth. So it, it's interesting that research has been done where Dr. Gail Matthews. Uh, psychology professor at the Dominican University of California tracked 267 American business people who were trying to achieve their goals. And, and what he found, what she found was that the, the people who reported their goals weekly to friends were 33% more successful in comparison to people who did not report their goals. So it's a very powerful tool that can be used to have those those people around you where you can say, this is what I'm working at. This is where I am in terms of achieving my goals. Mm-hmm. So another thing, what's, what tips would you give to people too? Because unfortunately, I, as much as we start the new year with our rose-colored glasses on thinking these goals will come into play, they'll all be great, it'll all go smooth. 
do you have any tips for people when things don't go well? And maybe you have that lapse mm-hmm. um, and that you have those mini setbacks and those failures. Mm-hmm. I think for many people, you get some people just stop then and they quit. What encouragement would you give to people to push through and to continue with those goals when they have those lapses? I, I think the, the what goes on in our brain is when we fail is very, very important. Uh, if you fail and your brain says to you, ah, dare I go again, I know this wouldn't work. I have failed, I have just started and I have failed and therefore it doesn't make sense for me to try again. If that's the message that you take from failure, then you're already sabotaging yourself. But there is another way that you can look at failure. Failure can be a lesson Mm -hmm. as to how you can be successful the next time. So what I would say to people who are trying and they they have failed is to stop and think about the failure. Stop and try to see what are the factors that that led to you uh, failing in the pursuit of that goal. Maybe you had a setback where the goal was to stop smoking and you, you had a cigarette after you went a few weeks, you know, but then you had a cigarette. Okay, what was going on around mm-hmm. that time when you had that cigarette? Yeah, maybe you were really stressed out or right. something mm-hmm. or... If you always had your cigarette with your morning coffee and a certain thing, right? You you triggered that. You triggered that. Maybe you were hanging around with friends that smoke, and mm-hmm. so you were in a position where the the trigger to use was very strong. So there's always something that can be learned by failure. And people who are the most successful in life are people who have failed the most. Mm-hmm. We think of Michael Jordan as a as a very successful basketball basketball player but uh, when you read the stats of how many times he, he failed in trying to shoot that ball in the basket i think he failed more than most other people that played that played basketball why because he doesn't let his failure become a, a, a setback to him he will fail at making that three-pointer at the buzzer to, to get his team a win this week, but he will try again next week. I think there are a lot of times when our failures, the, the messages that we send to our brain from failure uh, sabotages us, discourages us, takes away our motivation so that now we feel that it doesn't make sense for us to try anymore. But I'm suggesting that if you're listening to us today and you're, 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 you have already failed at your goal, try to see what it is that you can learn from your failure. Pick up yourself and go again. If you have just joined us, you're listening to the Life Transformation Radio Show. I'm your host, Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services. And uh, today we are talking about go, uh, New Year's resolution and goal setting in particular. And with me today today is Melissa Wagat as usual. And we, we have covered a number of different points that you can access uh, by going to the podcast of this show to our website at elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. And you can also find out more about us by giving us a call. Call us at 613-699-1677. We'll be happy to take your call and to, to see how we can be of help to you. In talking about New Year's resolutions, we, we alluded to the fact that um, 
sometimes January 1 comes across as a new start for a lot mm-hmm. of people. Sometimes I've heard of people even actually making a ritual related to their new goal. So smoking, for example, someone throws out that last pack of cigarettes right. or rips all the cigarettes up. What is your thoughts on that? And is it something helpful towards achieving your goals? Absolutely. I think if when we, when we talked about the Day of Atonement ritual and, uh, earlier where the, the, the sins of the people were pronounced on the head of this goat and the goat was led off into the wilderness, uh, the, the goat being driven off into the wilderness is symbolizing to the people that just as that goat is going and you will never see that goat again, so it is that your sin has been taken away from you and never to remember it by God again. And people are able to grasp that at a very deep level by seeing this ritual play out before them. People leave those rituals feeling cleansed of their sin more than if they were just to be told by the high priest that, you know, when you offer a sacrifice, your, your sins are forgiven. These people on that specific day, when that specific ritual was carried out, they, they feel as if something happened at a very deep spiritual level. So there is a power in, in seeing things that, in that kind of a way before you as compared to just being told about it. So rituals, when it comes to goal setting, rituals can be very, very powerful. I've had people that have come in to see me who have been struggling with with things for years that they can't break out of. And just by the use of a simple ritual, they're able to get out of it in, in very quick order. I've seen people, for example, who are stuck in, in, in a marital situation where they can't move on from the relationship that they had before. And when a ritual was devised to symbolize that they're moving on from the, the, the past relationship into the present, then so they're suddenly able to grasp the new relationship and to let go of the old. So I guess the question is, what kind of rituals can you Mm -hmm. do for things like that? So you mentioned earlier the breaking of the breaking of cigarettes of, of symbolizing symbolizing that you're done with it. Mm-hmm. Now that that is a form of what could or a part of what could happen, but I think that for rituals to work they have to be a little bit more elaborate than mm-hmm. that. It has to be more of a kind of a ceremony. So I think if, if you if as I talk about involving friends and relatives and letting people know what you're what you want to do, if that the ritual is to stop smoking and you want to devise a ritual about that, I would say get friends together, get people who really care about you together. Uh, you know, have a kind of presentation where you say to the people who are present what it is that you want to achieve. And then in the presence of people, you make a declaration that you're finished with the smoking. And as you break those cigarettes and as you you throw them away, you're symbolizing in the presence of witnesses that this you're done with that habit of smoking. I think that can be very powerful. And there are other rituals that, that can be created. If 
you if you have been listening to this show today and you think you might be in need of help and you like this idea of ritual, but you, you can't seem to see how it would relate to your situation, give us a call and we'll be happy to, to help you devise something because your other principles of well that I didn't get into that has to be part of a ritual for it to be successful. So I, I see that we're out of time for today as mm-hmm. usual, but I think we have covered some of the very pertinent and important points that we needed to cover today, Melissa. Thank you. All right. So so thank you very much for listening to this edition of the Liar Transformation Radio Broadcast. I'm your host, Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services, and wishing you that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart. God's blessings. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs>